Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur for the past 17 years. She teaches small business owners how to scale their businesses. She's been recognized as part of the 40 under 40 by the American Association of Political Consultants. She's a certified master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, the president and executive coach at BGSD Strategies. Please welcome Michelle Coyle. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. Excited to talk today. I am as well. So my this podcast is about leadership. And my favorite question to ask my guests is, tell me about some misconceptions in leadership. Yeah. And I love that question so much, Greg. Thanks for asking. I have uh, three things that really come to mind. Uh, the first is that, and this is one I see a lot, is that you have to have a certain amount of credentials or experience to be a leader. I see a lot of folks, especially folks that that are women, socialized as women or other type of marginalized folks coming up and feeling like they need to collect so many credentials and so much experience and so much education, or nobody's going to take them seriously as a leader. Uh, And I think that's totally off base. We can delve into that and some awesome examples of uh, who's defying that uh, later on, if you'd like. Um, the second is that leadership is about other people and getting other people to follow you. I think that uh, really leadership is about self-examination and figuring out uh, all of your own shit and getting really authentic and aligned with yourself. Because when you do that, you become magnetic and other people want to follow you, want to listen to what you have to say. Um, and the third is really that leadership is something you're born with or like uh, charisma, leadership ability is something that just comes naturally and you either have it or you don't. Uh, I think there's lots and lots of ways to develop your charisma, develop your leadership potential. And it's really about becoming inspiring to people, which is really about getting inspired yourself. So super excited to delve into any and all of that that you want to talk about today. Yeah, those are that's a great list, Michelle. Let's go back to front. You know, You just talked about um, you know, leaders aren't necessarily born with their leadership skills and it can be developed. Talk to us about how you've developed your leadership skills or you developed your team's leadership skills. Take us through some of that journey. It's so much about self-examination, Greg, and about really realizing where your strengths are, uh, where your growth areas are, and really kind of getting navel gazing for a little bit to figure that out. There's so much involved in figuring out what your mission and your purpose is as well. So a lot of the people I talk to, um, and you and I have talked about this a lot recently, it, it, it comes up, especially in the time period that we're in now, lots of burnout happening, lots of, I don't know what I want to do next. I don't even know if I like this. It's really hard to show up in leadership when you're feeling that way, because if you're not inspired, you're not inspiring. And so a lot of becoming a great leader is about figuring out how to get yourself inspired, centering on your mission, your purpose, your why, what lights you up, what gets you up in the morning and bringing that passion to your existence while working on the areas that you need to work on to get rid of you know, all the baggage and all the bullshit that gets in the way of that. So the clearer you can get, the more aligned you are, 
the more authentic you are and the more that shines through. So this is not about making yourself into anything that does not come naturally to you. It's much more about becoming who you already naturally are because every one of us is fantastic in our own way. And it's about really bringing that uniqueness up and out to where people can resonate with it. Right. I think way too often people think leadership is about getting everyone to like them or getting other people to do anything. Anytime in life you're trying to get other people to do anything, you're probably fighting a losing battle. What you want is for people to be inspired of their own volition to take that kind of action. And when you show up authentically, when you get aligned with your own mission values, who you are, what kind of outcomes you want to achieve in the world, that's when you become magnetic to your people, your followers, the people who resonate with you. It's not going to be everybody. And you don't need it or want it to be everybody. You just want to cultivate your folks into a group that is going to take some kind of collective out action to create a better outcome. That's that's awesome. Let's dig into the how a little bit. So I'm a budding entrepreneur. I want to go be a leader, grow a team, start a business, whatever the case. But sort of that's really deep down inside and help us bring that out. Like what it what's the what's the first step in in starting that journey of that self-discovery? Figuring out the why, and you know, Simon Sinek wrote a book, Start With Why, that, uh, that, that that's popular. You know, if I know you're familiar with it. I'm sure our audience is familiar with it. Um, and I love that title because that really is what it's about. Why do you want to be a leader? Why do you want to grow a business? Why do you want to grow a team? If you're not solid on all of those things, friends, this is way too hard to do without a why. And I, I see you laughing. I know other you know folks in EO, other business people are watching this. Why the fuck would you try to do this? If you didn't have like a good mission-centered, purpose-centered reason to do it. Now, money is motivating to a point for a lot of folks, but there's going to be a limit to that. You're going to get to a point where you've made a lot of money and you go, but, but I'm still not happy or what, right? The, what we see is actually fulfilling for people is when they feel like they're making a difference for other people and they're doing something. And that can, that can take so many different forms, right? There's not just one way to make a difference for people. There's lots of different ways. But what's important to you and why? is always the North Star that you come back to. When things get hard, and I work with startup entrepreneurs, as you know, when things get really tough, and they always do, this is the saving grace, is can we come back to why am I doing this and what's the point? Sure, sure. When we lose the point, we lose the joy. We lose the motivation. Well, and that leads into the second misconception you brought up about people will follow just by definition of leadership. And it ties into the leaders why and their passion and their energy they bring and then so talk let's get in a little bit deeper in what you meant by that misconception and how that also relates to the self-development finding your why yeah absolutely i mean i really think this is about becoming magnetic becoming inspiring again you're not going to get other people to follow you and and we see a lot of this narrative especially around social media influencers and literal followers and things like that how can i create a following how can i get people to follow me how can i get people interested the people who are very successful at that are inspiring people and people start to flock to them start to follow them tell their friends to come and follow them share their content etc because they're looking at somebody who is aligned who is lit up 
who is joyous, who is magnetic. Those are things that people look at and say, I want that for myself. That, that may not be a conscious thought process, Greg, but it's an unconscious thought process. If you've ever heard of the campfire effect, right? When you light up, when you're on fire, people start to come around. They want to get in that glow of that campfire and say, oh, I maybe I can feel that way too. You're clearly so happy, right? There's a joy to it. And so for me, this is about cultivating your own joy and your own inspiration so that you're naturally showing up that way. When you do this correctly, you don't have to try so hard. You just are. And you're not trying to get anyone to come and follow you. They are, they just want to come and follow you. And this is where you, not only are you getting the social media following, but you're getting people say, saying, how can I work with you as clients? How can I work with you as employees, vendors? I want to come work for your company. I love what you're about. You're not just another person that's just another business owner that's just doing another job. And when you approach it that way, that's a turnoff. Mm. People are looking for meaning and purpose. And when people are looking for leaders, and we're all looking for leaders, right? When people are looking for leaders, it's somebody light a path for me. Somebody show me where the meaning is. Somebody show me where the purpose is. You can see this a lot in organized religion. You see this in politics. You certainly see this in business. Somebody coming and saying, hey, here's the way it is. Because they're completely certain, they're completely convicted. Now, you and I might see that person, we might agree with their worldview or not, but the people who are very effective, we can agree, they're very convicted. They're showing up extremely convicted and extremely certain and extremely passionate about what they're saying, and they're not muddy about it. You're not looking at people who are afraid to lose people, right? We call this attract and repel. You want to attract the right people and repel the wrong people because it's efficient. When you are trying to attract everybody, you're going to attract nobody. Right. So the people who are very effective at this, they know who they are. They know what they're about. They know their why. They know their message. They're very clear. They're very aligned. They're putting it out there. And some people love it and some people don't. And that's great because that's how they cultivate a following with those strong borders around it. Certainly. You know, it yeah. reminds me of this leadership video. It's one of my favorites. And I, I don't remember the title, but I'll put it in the show notes when we publish the show notes. But it, it's this group of people at a festival and there's one person up dancing and you kind of get that awkward feeling like, why is that person dancing by themselves? And there's a hundred people sitting, looking at it. And then two minutes go by and one person joins the dancing and then four and then 10. And next thing you know, all hundred people are dancing and it feels normal. It feels natural. And so to your point about the energy attracting, it kind of, you feel a little bit on your own when you start, but as you pull the right audience or the people that agree with you towards you, that's when your leadership skills really start developing. I love this metaphor so much. I think we've all been, uh, you know, at the wedding and nobody's on the dance floor and the song comes on. And this is the difference between saying, I'm going to go start the dance floor and get everyone to dance with me and saying, oh my gosh, this is my jam. Like I feel this beat. I'm catching a beat. I'm going out. I'm moving to the music. Maybe I've had a couple of drinks and that's making it easier for me. Uh, but when somebody goes out there and they're like, this is my song, there are several other people sitting around at those big round tables, those miserable big round tables with strangers that they barely know thinking this is my song too. And you've just given them permission, right? Because you've come on and you've been yourself. Now you're giving everybody permission to be themselves. There are other people that it's not their song and they're going to keep sitting there. They have permission to be themselves, but the people who want to dance are going to come dance. You're not going to be alone on the dance floor for long. 
when you go out there, but it's what's the motivation? Because if the motivation is I'm going to have fun at this wedding, no matter what. And even if no one else is dancing and I feel this beat, I'm going to go dance to this beat. That's the kind of thing that people can't resist. That's right. That's right. So jumping all the way back to the beginning, you mentioned, or you mentioned you want, you, you could talk about people who are defining this misconception around needing credentials to be a leader. Can you talk a little bit more about what you meant by that? Absolutely. I mean, I think I see so many people and this is when they're, you, you get into like late twenties, thirties and forties, people saying, well, I don't have enough. I need to go back to school. I need to get more certifications. I need to, you know, looking for this external validation of, of, you know, how many endorsements can I get in my LinkedIn or whatever, before I feel like I'm, it's okay for me to stand up on a stage and speak. Um, and meanwhile, you have and especially kind of in the political movements, you have young people coming up and it's almost like they don't know what they don't know. And so they're not afraid to step up and lead. And I love this. I love looking at somebody like Greta Thunberg, some of the folks that are working on gun violence that are in their teens and early twenties, just coming up and saying, I'm passionate about this and you have to listen, right? Greta Thunberg started at 16 years old, worldwide following, never said, you know, I'm only 16. I shouldn't do this. I didn't go to college yet or grad school yet, or I don't have a doctorate degree, or I don't have a bunch of professional credentials, a bunch of people didn't tell me I can speak, got up with genuine passion for the climate and said, this has to stop and you have to listen because you're all going to be dead, but I'm still going to be here. Me and my friends that are all 16 right now are still going to be here. And that's that conviction and that certainty that comes up and makes people listen, right? Now you've got somebody that's in their teens being time person of the year coming seemingly out of nowhere because they came with a genuine conviction. That's that alignment that I'm talking about. She knew what she wanted. She knew what she was about. She said, my whole life is about this. And this is what I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to stand, I'm going to scream. You know, she was standing on street corners talking to nobody at first. And people saw the campfire effect and they resonated. There's lots of people that said, no, fuck the climate and kept walking. It's not for everybody, but there were enough people that said, this little girl knows what she's talking about and we need to listen. This is the next generation. This is the person who's affected by it. That she grew this worldwide following to the point where we're sitting here in the United States knowing exactly who this person is. Sure, sure. That's so inspiring to me. She didn't even think, what if I can't? Or if she did, it didn't show. Right. When you're great- that convicted, you're that passionate, there isn't this sense of imposter syndrome. You know, imposter right. syndrome comes when you're sitting there going, what should I do to grow the biggest following so that I can get an ROI on my marketing spend and I can grow this company so that I can make this much money and then I can have an early exit and what it's imposter syndrome because you're a fucking imposter. <laughs> you're not coming genuinely with genuine conviction, genuine alignment, genuine certainty. You have to come with something you really care about that really matters to you. It has to be, of course, I want to make money and do well because good money does good things. I want to create an exponential effect. I want to be able to have a bigger outcome and a bigger impact and money helps me do that, but it has to be a tool toward that outcome. It can't be the outcome. When is the outcome? Nobody cares. That's well said. And it, and it leads us into my next question. And it's, and it's really asking you, I mean, clearly you provide this sort of insight and coaching and programming and support for your clients. Like you're a business owner, you offer this. Talk to us about your business and how you help your clients kind of break through this 
difficult, you know, human aspect of leadership development, growing a team. Talk to us about your business and what you're doing with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what's funny after, you know, as I'm saying all this, I am a money person and I teach people about money very much like you do, Greg, we have a lot of uh, similarities in our business models. And I do tend to work with people who already come with that passion and conviction. So I'm not normally convincing people to get passionate. Um, Sometimes after they've been doing something for years, it's about, okay, you had that passion five or 10 years ago. How do we find it again or how do we reclaim it? But a lot of times I'm working with startup entrepreneurs who are coming in with passion and are freaked out about bringing the money piece into it. Uh, So really working through how does this look on a practical level and pragmatically, how can we plan for and forecast this so that you get a bigger why, a bigger outcome? And here's how money does come into it. Because a lot of folks who feel called, they feel like they're working on their mission. They're coming with, you know, wanting to help society. There's this money piece of what I can't possibly make money while I'm doing that. Because if I do that, that would be wrong or that would corrupt it. And I'm saying, no, these two things work together. Money is just a resource, money, time, other people, knowledge, all of these things are just resources that we leverage to get to that bigger and bigger outcome. So it's really about helping people marry those things that often feel uh, like they're in two separate worlds from one end or the other. Certainly. So, so talk to us about, you know, we've got audience members listening, intrigued with our conversation. They want to learn more about how you could help them specifically. Um, talk to us about what, what you do, what your programming is. Um, give us a little bit more taste of, of working with you and your team. Yeah. So it's funny because we started as traditional management consultants and we still do a lot of that. And so that's the pragmatic planning of the business model. Let's do your financial forecast modeling. Let's look at what investments you need to make, where to grow your money. Uh, Let's see when you need to hire people. Let's figure out your branding, your marketing, uh, where you're going to get the capital to fund it all. And that whole business consulting side of the business is still core to what we do. And then lately, what we've really layered in is a ton of mindset coaching. And okay, it doesn't matter what kind of spreadsheet I build you if you're too scared to take the action on the spreadsheet. So how can we help you get past your fear in order to take the actions that you need to take to get the outcomes that you want to get that are going to live out your mission and help other people? people in society. And so we're doing a ton of executive coaching now. We're doing breakthrough sessions with people where we can just get them really to what the core issue is, right? So everybody, Greg, has a core problem. We all have it. You might have heard it called a core wound, something like that. It's something like, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I'm too much. uh, I'm worthless. We all have this and we walk around with this baggage. Uh, Until we figure out what that is, that is going to pop up and it's going to systemically affect every area of our life. So we start working with people in the business and we see what they think are problems. I see symptoms, right? These aren't problems. These are symptoms of the root problem, which is you don't feel like you're enough or you feel like you're too much or you're afraid to be visible or there's something, you know, something was installed in you, uh, usually from zero to seven years old. That is now that has taken root as a core wound and is now showing up in your business. It's now showing up in your uh, relationships, your friendships, your family, your parenting with your partner or your spouse, all the way, you know, and it's showing up over and over and over. So when I'm talking to someone, they're telling me a problem in their business. I'm often asking them, cool, how does this show up in your relationships? I thought we were talking about business. We're talking about everything because until we can root this out and shift this, all of these problems are going to keep popping up in different ways over and over and over. That's amazing. I could see that, you know, it is, there's so much fear and self, depending on what your wound is or what my wound is, right? Mine is a confidence issue at times. And 
I'll have to start thinking back between zero and seven and go tell my parents. <laughs> um, so shifting gears just a little bit, uh, talk to us about how you, your journey, like how did you end up doing what you're doing, following this why, grabbing onto this passion? Like when did it blossom for you? Give us a little bit of your story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was working as a political consultant for years and my current business came about uh, in 2017, really as a result of a lot of people in the political consulting industry asking me to help them with their businesses. You have a lot of people that come off of campaigns that are amazing artists, right? People who make ads, people who do mail pieces, people who are doing phone calls, doing door knocking, persuading folks to vote. Uh, and not business people, right? Trying to apply campaign principles to business, which is disastrous because on a campaign, like right now in the election cycle, my campaign clients, they got six weeks. They got six weeks to spend all the money that's left. They got six weeks to get uh, every drop of juice out of the labor uh, that they have working for. And then everyone gets to rest. So it's the sprint and then rest. And people get addicted to that cycle. Now you take that and you try to apply it to a business that you're building up over 10 or 20 years. You can see super disastrous results. The money goes really fast. The staff is burnt out. There's constant turnover. Uh, and, and there's so much effort that goes into just trying to rebuild the business over and over and over uh, because things aren't done sustainably. So it really started with me coming in um, and just people knowing that I had an MBA, but also knew quite a lot about the political consulting industry and developing this expertise in the business of politics, which I'm very proud of. You can Google me and uh, business of politics and I'm going to pop up uh, everywhere. I'm doing, you know, I, I'm always speaking at the conferences. I've got a column in campaigns and elections that I do every month on the business of politics. Such a weird industry with cyclical revenues and all kinds of just weird problems. Um, so very, very fun to sort out the business problems on and realized, again, once we start digging into the business aspects and auditing the business operations and processes, so much of this is just rooted in the founder uh, and people having screwed up <laughs> mentalities that they're bringing. And until we fix that, it, we can band-aid the problems, but this is stuff that needs surgery, right? And so being able to learn more and more about mindset coaching, really the last five years has been such on such a journey of developing myself as a coach doing my own personal and professional development, understanding the ways that I show up that are screwed up uh, in my business, in my life, and then going out from there and helping other people do the same because I was helping people get rich, but they weren't happy. And I got to this point a couple of years in where it was like, does it matter if we're making lots of money and we're providing jobs and we're creating, if, if people feel trapped in their companies and they are not finding joy in their day-to-day -day work, this is unhealthy. You start to look what? at the suicide rates on entrepreneurs. It's scary. Sure. I'm sure you've what? been there. I've been there. We've all been, you know, if you're on an entrepreneurial journey, you've all had these really dark moments, right? Where you feel trapped. And you say, well, I'm trapped in the business. There's no way to get out of the business. And I'm stuck and I hate this. I'm in a prison of my own making. It's something I hear over and over. And these are people that are at that million and $2 million and $3 million a year mark. Mm. I'm trapped in a prison of my own creation. I've borrowed all this money. I have this staff. They don't like me. I don't like them. I don't like me. <laughs> I'm not having a good time anymore. These are people who thought when they were starting out, if I got to a million dollars, everything would be amazing. I'd be rich. My life would be amazing. I'll be working on the beach and money will just flow in and my staff will run the company. And then they get hit with the reality of a business of that size. And it's yes. tough and it's daunting. And so really the last, especially the last year or two, been approaching, how can we start with Let's de design around the lifestyle. Let's design around what's healthy for this particular person. Now that's different for everybody, of course. 
but let's design around what feels good for you because we can still strategically grow a business and still make a big difference in the world while still having a founder that's joyous and healthy and happy. And of course, there's a ripple effect to that. When you show up joyous, the rest of your staff loves working with you. Your clients love working with you. Your vendors love working with you. When you show up feeling like you're in prison, that's going to ripple through to everybody else. And now you've got a self-fulfilling prophecy and a downward spiral that, that that's really dangerous. Yeah. And you brought up, Michelle, I think a fourth misconception. And that fourth misconception is once you make it, whatever your goal is, right? If it's a million dollars, if it's 10 million, it's a hundred million, it's a billion that you're going to be happy. Like I'm going to work so hard and grind it to get to that point, And that's when I'll be happy. That is a huge misconception in leadership. Yes. yes. Happiness doesn't come from outside. And it's not a fun thing for people to hear though. They might roll their eyes. There's so many things, Greg, that were written on the kindergarten posters that I am like, oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> the more I do this, the longer it goes. Happiness is an inside job. That is absolutely true. And until you get at cause for your life, meaning until you realize that everything that you're experiencing in your life that's negative is your is filtered through your own perception, right? Perception is reality. If I have a negative lens on my perception, everything's going to look bad. If I have a joyous, positive lens, everything's going to look good. Even hard things, even challenges are going to be, thank you for my challenges. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm getting tougher. You hear people say that stuff. Maybe you roll your eyes because you don't resonate it with it. But if that's you, are you happy right now? Until you figure out how to be happy, nothing outside of you is going to make you happy. And that's why we see people with absolutely no money that are, are joyous and people with millions of dollars that are miserable. Mm. And it's not just money. Money's not going to make you happy. Another person isn't going to make you happy. The right partner, the right job, the right kids, the right, the, none of that is going to make you happy if you don't know how to become happy yourself. That's awesome. Very well said. Um, yeah, yeah, you got me, got my brain going. Um, Michelle, somebody in the audience wants to reach out to you. What's the, what's your social platform of choice, or give us some uh, information on how to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website at bgsdstrategies.com and uh, contact us there if you're looking for teamwork, strategic uh, business building, or if you just want to chat with me as a person, you can get on my calendar at talktomichelle.com. Uh, find a spot that works for you. I love talking to new people, by the way, so don't feel shy about doing this. I always love meeting folks, just hearing what's going on with you, what's going on with your business, your life, um, talking through it. So talk to michelle.com. We can chat. I didn't realize you had to talk to michelle.com. I do cool. have talk to michelle.com. <laughs> well, Michelle, it's awesome to have you on our show. I, you've got me fired up um, and thinking about doing a little bit more soul searching as well. And I, I hope the audience is feeling the same. And, and you're spot on when you said that happiness starts within and that discovery process, it's a process and it's long and it can be difficult at times but it, it's important to look inward. And so thank you for sharing your insights around that and the other misconception insights you provided. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Everybody hire a coach. Doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be hard, and you don't have to figure it out yourself. Lots of people out here, doesn't have to be me. Lots of people out here in the world that can help you navigate this quickly, efficiently, and you'll be so much happier, so much faster. Get help with this. I completely agree with that. I've got several coaches in different aspects of my life and uh, it makes a world of difference. And that's a wrap, my friends. 
Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.